raining and then the rain turned to snow and then we were on ice and post holing through the snow into freezing water underneath and stuff and uh, a lot of self-reliance in there um, and it was a spectacular experience but that one took me 34 hours Ooh. welcome to the gotta run racing podcast with your hosts norman and jody discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners and they're off. Hello. Hi. How you doing? We got to come up with a better. How you doing, people? We got to come up with a better intro. What's happening? What's happening with Gotta Run Racing? This week, we got first looks at our Fiddle 50 medal, mm. the race in Shelburne at Fiddle Park coming up in first weekend of June. That is the 1K closed loop. Yeah. You just keep going round and round, round and round, round and round. <laughs> the race is called Fiddle 50. What do you think the medal is? <laughs> <laughs> a fiddler? A fiddle. A fiddle, yes. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> groovy. Yeah, and you can do uh, 25, 50, 50 miles, 100 mile, 100K, whatever. Just keep going around. And you can do it as a relay too, which yeah. will be more fun. To share the miles with friends. Got it. <laughs> Check it out. At GutterOnRacing.com. All right. And who is on the podcast today? Well, it's our continuation of Canadian Trail to Western States with Steve Day. Steve Day. Five tickets. No. Oh, sorry. Five years, 16 tickets. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Five tickets. Yeah. Five years, 16 tickets. Five years, 16 tickets. And he finally got in. And I can't wait to ask him some certain questions about Black Canyon because he went there three times. Mm. So what's the difference of each Black Canyon? And of course, he did other ones like Bighorn and Tunnel Hill. A couple hard 100 milers. Yeah, I can't wait to hear all about that. And he's an Ontario boy who's transplanted to uh, BC. Lucky guy. Lucky guy. So (laughs) all that coming up and more. Steve Day. Welcome, Steve Day, to the podcast. Thanks for being here, guys. It took five years with uh, 16 tickets. Is that right? To get into yeah. Western States? Yeah, got in this year with 16 tickets. Wow, that's, that's going to be quite the journey. But first, we'd like to go back to the beginning and tell us how you even started or why you even started running. Yeah, thanks. I'm from Ontario. Um, I live in BC now, but I'm from Brantford, Ontario, which is I'm um, a Wayne Gretzky. So obviously, I played hockey for <laughs> 15 years of my life. That's all I did. I was not a runner. I did not run track or cross country or anything. I played amateur hockey and not that well. And then <laughs> went to university and you know graduated and got a job and just kind of got caught in like regular life stuff. And didn't start running until my mid-20s. Actually, my, my wife and I were living downtown in Toronto before we had kids. Actually, in Toronto, not downtown. But before we had kids and just had a lot of time on our hands and started running. And that's when we trained for our first marathon, which was 2004. And uh, ever since then, I've been a runner in you know various capacities. And what, what took you guys out west? It's um, just the lifestyle out here is spectacular. I'm, you know, I'm from Ontario. My whole family's still in Ontario, but just love to be in the mountains. Um, it, it's not just riding, like skiing, climbing, biking, running, anything in the mountains. Right. So every day, that's you know what what we do out here. The difference between uh, people from Ontario and out west is when you're they ask you what you do, and here in Ontario they tell you their job. But when they ask you what you do, you probably say, I swim my bike, I run. <laughs> right? Yeah, I ski. I introduce myself as a skier mostly. But yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> so you did a marathon in Toronto. And why the shift from the marathon to the triathlon while you were here? Um, so I was running a lot on the road. Um, just, you know, went to the running room, picked up a book there by John Stanton and did the 20 week marathon program from that book and ran the Toronto International or the Toronto Waterfront Marathon in 2004 and did well. My goal was to go to sub four and I, you know, squeaked by in like 358. And so was happy with that. Um, but, you know, wasn't, wasn't obsessed with the sport at all. Mm-hmm. I think I 
did one half marathon a year and then did one more road marathon after that. But then friends and, and my wife started doing triathlons and I thought, hey, that's pretty interesting. I used to do a little bit of swimming and a little bit of biking and let's just try this out. So that turned into five years of my life, really, from 2009, I guess, to, to 2014 with, with triathlon and the full exception up to the half Ironman and then Ironman distance. And it was cool. It was cool to mix it up. But, you know, the reason why we're, we're talking now is because in, in 2014, when I did my full Ironman, which went well, and I've only done one, I, mm-hmm. I finished it and was like, you know what? I don't really love the swimming and the biking. That sounds familiar. (laughs) Ever since then, that's, you know, seven and a half years ago, I've been like, I love running. And there's other things I love too, like like skiing, but I I don't want to do triathlon anymore. I want to run on, you know, mountain single track is what I love. I think in order to be a successful triathlete, you have to be really good at one of the elements and you have to like at least two and then just get by (laughs) with three. But like you. I hate swimming and I hate biking. I've tried triathlons and I, I tried to confirm that I know that I don't want to do it. So better to know, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> As a fellow Ironman myself, what did you think about the whole Ironman experience? When you crossed the finish line, they said, you are an Ironman. Did you feel like an Ironman? I did. At the time. <laughs> at the time yeah. It's awesome. But I was going to say, it's so hard and it was whatever, however long it took me, 12-ish hours. I can't remember the time. But it was like the hardest thing I'd ever done. And I felt amazing and I was in spectacular shape. But I never would have thought that three years later I'd be running a 100 miler, right? (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of insight is just hilarious. It is funny because if you would go back to an Ironman and finish in 12 hours, you're thinking, I can run another 10 more hours. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's very good. Oh, boy. I assume then once you got out to BC that you probably just naturally switched to trails? Yeah, I did. I did one ultra in Ontario before I moved. I ran Sulphur Springs in 2015, I guess. Yeah, 2015. And I did the 50 miler because I was thinking of doing a 50K, but then I thought, why he's into it just do the the <laughs> just four loops of the course it was a fantastic experience it's a you know nice 20k loop course times four really well supported and so i did that in ontario and then a couple months later moved out to north vancouver bc and, and so i was already a trail runner by that point but you know the first six months out here just kicked my butt the the amount of vertical on every single run is just you know staggering so uh, yeah, it, you know, I was a trail runner when I came out here, but it, it took me quite a while to acclimate. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> when was uh, Sulphur Spring? What year was that? 2015, I ran that. Wow. So then you went on to run Rim to Rim solo the very next year. Is that right? Yeah. So I did Black Canyon in early 2016, which we'll probably talk about this a bit. I, I, I kind of developed and never kept an obsession with that awesome race in Arizona, the Black Canyon 100K race that Jamil Curry puts on. And, and so I ran that early 2016, and that was my first 100K and my first Western States lottery qualifier, um, which was a really cool experience. And, and then, yeah, to answer your question, I did rim turn to rim in the Grand Canyon later that year, I think in November. Okay, cool. What's the actual distance of the rim to rim to rim, at least the one that you did? I know there's different iterations of it. So I did the classic route, which starts on the south rim. You you drop to the river, traverse the floor, back to the north rim, and then reverse your track. And I think that's 67, 68 kilometers, about that, if memory serves me correct. And I don't know the metric gain, but I think it's around 13,000 feet of climbing. Um, based on you got two major climbs, a 5,000 foot wall, a 6,000 foot wall, and then the floor, which slopes up from south to north. So it's a stellar adventure. And how was it? It was great. It was great. Yeah, like I did it in 2016 by myself, and then I did it again with a friend a few few years later. you know, kind of undertrained the second time, but uh, I think every every adventure or ultra runner should spend some time in the Grand Canyon, not just sure. But you did 
Black Canyon before Rim to Rim. So was Western States on your radar before Black Canyon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. As soon as I finished Sulphur Springs, actually probably before I ran Sulphur Springs, I, I, I quickly started obsessing with ultra running. And the first book I read was, was Relentless Forward Progress by, by Brian Powell. Mm-hmm. And from Iron Fire, and you know that book's I think written in 2011. It's it's pretty old, but it, you know I read it and just opened my mind to the craziness of ultra running, like that people do these hundred mile plus races. And then from there, I'm a big reader. I read Ultra Marathon Man by Dean Karnazes and Eat and Run by Jurek, and obviously Born to Run and everything. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't read Born to Run, you, you shouldn't even be here, right? <laughs> it's basically our Bible. <laughs> But, you know, Ultra Marathon Man, like the middle third of that book is basically just a, a race report of his first Western States. And it's spectacular. Yeah. And so I read that book 20 times. And so <laughs> that, that's my obsession with States. That's where it comes from. Dean Dean has a gift, I think. I, he's so inspiring and so humble and just listening to him. And, and he acknowledges when he fails, too, which is really awesome because... If you look at him from afar, you think he he is naturally gifted and he does very well. But at the same time, he's the first one to admit his struggles, which I think is really good because you don't want to think that people are out there being superheroes and that it's not something that you're able to try. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's cool. We were, yeah, I met him in 2018 at Western States and he's got this wicked belt buckle that just says a thousand miles, 10 days on <laughs> Thing I've seen. <laughs> we were fortunate to meet him a couple of times, uh, Dean Carnass. I did ask him one time, are you at, at an event? I said, are you going to race this event? He goes, no, 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 I don't race anymore. I'm strictly here for adventure. <laughs> so, which is great. Yeah, it's nice to hear. <laughs> so the first time at Black Canyon, that was going to be your first ticket race. Uh, how did that go? Your very first time running Black Canyon? It, it was uh, an interesting experience, as I think probably anyone would say, going up to that that distance, you know, 100K and beyond, because I went into it in pretty good shape, uh, actually really good shape, fully self-coached as reading books and, you know, taking what I learned from road running and triathlon training and kind of putting that into, into practice for the training for ultra and did a really good, serious you know, block of probably 20 to 24 weeks leading up to Black Canyon. So it was ready for the race, had no idea what I was getting into. Um, <laughs> and on paper, Black Canyon looks like a very easy 100K. It's a net downhill course. It's nice and dry in the desert. Um, it's in February, so it shouldn't be that hot. And it looks like it should be runnable. But uh, after three times, I can tell you, it's a very deceptive course. So so I, I ran the race. Uh, there were some huge big name athletes like Sage Canada that were running it that same year. And I, I, I finished and was humbled and learned a lot and set my 100K PR at the time because it was my only one. I think I finished <laughs> 1552. Um, and Sage finished to the minute eight hours faster than me. It keeps in 752. And I was 52. I'll never forget those times. So. <laughs> A whole work day. Exactly. Eight hours. <laughs> it's crazy how fast those guys can go. Do you have to finish Black Canyon at a, under a certain time to get a ticket? Yeah. The the race cutoff is 20 hours, okay. but there's three states cut off of 17 hours. And so, oh. so I knew at, you know, whatever point, like 75K, I knew I was going to get under the, the 17 hour point. And, and so I was running as much as I could, but there was a lot of shuffling, a lot of kind of walking and, and you know, jogging going in, in the final 25K. I'd never gone over that distance. And, you know, quite frankly, in hindsight, my legs just weren't trained for that, that distance. Right. Also coming from Canada, going to a hot race, mm. that must have affected you too, right? It did. It did. I've, I've since learned about heat acclimation, which thankfully when I go to States in June, I'll be doing a lot of sauna training for six <laughs> And I've, I've done that for other races, not mm. that first Black Canyon, but when I went to Bighorn in 2019 and when I've gone back to Black Canyon, I've done like sauna acclimation, which really helps a lot, especially for me because I sweat a lot. Right. Hmm. And in 17, you did canyons again as your second 
qualifier. Correct. Yep. Oh, so what did you take from the second time Black Canyon? Did you able to improve in the first time? Uh, yeah. So, so this was <laughs> like 2017. And now this time I knew what I was getting in for. Right? <laughs> and about 10 days before the race, Jamil Curry was sending out daily updates to all the registered racers that they were having monstrous like rainstorms, like unprecedented January, February rains in, in the desert. And it's a hundred kilometer point to point race. And you, you run through multiple rivers because you go in and out of this black canyon. And there's a river that goes down it. And the rivers were flooded like like five foot high. So wow. there was no he could run the race as is. So so Jamil ended up changing it. So instead of 100 k point to point, it was a 50k and then out and back. And but it was still like th the rains were horrific. And all of the nice desert. Hard, you know, dirt and sand turned to mud. So <laughs> it, it, it was, to answer your question, I was definitely better trained going into that race, but the, the conditions were really harsh. And so, and so I still finished sub 17, I think it was like 16 and 20 in that year, but like I had for sure had hypothermia and like out of body experiences. <laughs> nasty, nasty conditions. So, um, you know, got it done. It, it, wasn't pretty, but that was my second ticket race. And then later that year, you I'm, attempted. I'm sorry, I, I, another question. Oh. <laughs> so then you must have been getting worried there. You're getting pretty close to cutoff for the Western ticket. You're 40 minutes away. Were you getting worried? Um, you know, I'm pretty good at doing math in my head, right? And so, which kind of came in handy in Bighorn a couple of years later. Um, but no, I was never worried. You're like shin deep and icy cold water and mud and kind of got the GPS watch on so you know how fast you're moving, whatever the you know the kilometer minute splits were, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But you know, by about kilometer 75, I was like, okay, as long as I keep moving at this pace, I'm going to finish. Right. And so that, that was reassuring. Yeah, I remember pulling into like the kilometer 94 aid station and it was just just chaos. Like there were so many <laughs> a mess um and and the guys at the station were putting garbage bags over everyone's head like cutting holes in the garbage bags putting them over our wow. head and go and sending us out for the final 6k just to get to the finish line and so we all finished wearing garbage bags it was nuts <laughs> i'd like to see that picture <laughs> this was there was no one at the finish line zero people we no there was some guy in a trailer taking our bib numbers down that was it <laughs> wow this was 2017, right? Yeah. Yeah, 2017. Okay, can I talk? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm just, you know what? One of these days, I'll get the Black Canyons. That's why I'm just constantly asking questions about Black Canyon. I want to go back. I've got it. <laughs> one day. All right, let's move on. All right, Steve. So later that year, you went for your third qualifier and your first 100 miler at Tunnel Hill, correct? Yes. So how did you feel leading in to upping the ante to that extra 60K? And what made you pick this race? Mm -hmm. If you like what you're hearing so far, then check this out. Our second new event for 2022 is the Fiddle 50. Does running around in circles sound like fun to you? No vert? No problem. Well, then Gotta Run Racing has the perfect race for you. Coming to Shelburne, Ontario this June is the Fiddle 50, featuring distances starting at 25K all the way to 100 miles and almost everything in between. It's flat, fast, and fun all rolled into one. And as the name implies, you may even hear a fiddle or two, and they may or may not be on a roof. Registration's now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Now, back to the show. Donald, yeah. And I've listened to a few of your podcasts, and I know you've had you know, a bunch of other athletes on that have raised Tunnel Hill. And so 2017 was the year I did it. Yeah, that was the year that Camille Heron was there and set a 100-mile trail world record, which was absolutely spectacular to be there for her, or you know, to witness that, even though I was, again, more than eight hours behind her, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I really wanted to do a 100 miles. I didn't want to eventually get into states with just these hundred kilometer qualifiers, mm -hmm. right? Like 
I remember the first time I ran Black Canyon, there was this this woman that I was running with, and she kind of asked just, you know, at random, like, if you get in with one ticket, are you going to ride in States? And I said, yeah, of course I am. And then she said, but that would be your first hundred mile, which when she said that was like terrifying for me. <laughs> yeah. Now, Ellie Greenwood, I believe, Ellie, um, Western States was her, her first hundred miler and she won it. But yeah. <laughs> despite the fact that we live in the same town, I know about Ellie Greenwood. <laughs> So, so I wanted to ride a hundred mile. Um, I, th- there was another reason why I, I wanted to free up my 2018. And so I doubled up on my Western States qualifiers in 2017. So I did the early one in February and then Tunnel Hill to answer your question, Norm, is in November. And it's after the Western States year ticks over to the mm. next year. And, and so by doubling up in one year, I not only got to do a hundred miler, which was spectacular experience, but I also freed up 2018 for adventure and didn't do a qualifier the final year. So yeah, uh, Tunnel Hill was an interesting experience. I, I think I ran a fantastic 75 miles, which is great yeah. because that's more than 100K and an absolute train wreck for the <laughs> final 25 miles. But I finished under 28 hours, um, and again, got my third ticket in the Western States, and so it was a good learning experience. <laughs> Describe the wall. What what exactly happened? <laughs> Is that when Camilla Herod passed you again for the fifth time? <laughs> no, she was long done, right? She was done and drinking beer somewhere. <laughs> and um, it's, it, it's an interesting course because, again, on paper, it looks like a really... 100 miler and obviously Camille set the world record at that race and people can go sub 24 and you know very relatively easily and if I went back I, I probably could do a lot better but you know I, I I just I wasn't trained for for that distance right and I got 75 miles in my sister-in-law who lives in Atlanta Georgia came to to Illinois to crew me for the event and she was fantastic and you know she she met me at the 75 mile start finish area and I was a wreck and she just you know got me out of there kind of you know to go because there was right. probably the only time in my life that I considered DNSing was at mile 75 of that and it was just knowing what I had ahead of me I wasn't mile 95 I was mile 75 mm. you know but you know, I luckily kept going and, you know, the, the final 25 miles were held, but, you know, got through and finished and got the ticket and learned a lot and, you know, put those learnings into practice. And so every other hundred mile that I've done since then, I think I went in a heck of a lot better train than that first one at Tunnel Hill. Uh, Tunnel Hill, is that relatively flat? It's a, it's a 25 mile long rail trail that I believe is at a 2% grade mm. from whatever, north to south, or south to north. And so it's kind of a constant 2% grade. And and then you, you turn around and do kind of the opposite downhill. And, you know, 2% doesn't sound like a lot, especially when you can run single track out of here up to 15, 25, 30, you know, percent grade. But, you know, after like, you know, 20 plus miles of that, that 2% grade without changing, it's just it was it was tough on my legs. I wasn't conditioned for it, and I think I only trained eleven weeks for that one. And I went to that race knowing that it was about getting my ticket and freeing up my my twenty eighteen for adventure. So so I accomplished what I wanted to, even though it wasn't pretty. Interesting. Now, since you've mentioned twenty eighteen, what was your list? Of, give us a couple of examples of adventure, so things that you did for fun as opposed to ticking off your tickets races. Yeah, so the, the main thing was um, there. there's a race, which you've probably heard of, called the Neenacker out in Vancouver. It, it's a 48-kilometer race that, that traverses all of the North Shore Mountains. So it starts in the west, almost on the Pacific Ocean, and runs 48 kilometers kind of across all of the mountains and ends at this inlet called, called Deep Cove. And I, I didn't do the race, but I wanted to do the ultra version of that, which is a club badass unsupported event called the Vancouver 100, because, you know, running across, you know, the mountains from one side of the North Vancouver to the other isn't enough. So the ultra, (laughs) which is where you start in the East and you go all the way to the Pacific Ocean and then back to to Deep Coast. Wow. 
And so I wanted to do this. It's it's only, in quotes, 100K, but there's 5,800 meters of climbing Ooh. in that over the 100K. And so it's you, you train for it like 100 miles, mm. right? And, and so I wanted to do it. A bunch of my friends had, had done it and, you know, told me about it. And I, I trained on the course because it's literally my backyard is, is the Baden Powell four months. And I knew that if I wanted to do it and wanted to finish it, this would take a major training block, like six months of training. Mm-hmm. And that's why I did Tunnel Hill. So that from, you know, I recovered from Tunnel Hill, skied a little bit. And then from January to June in, in 2018, I trained for this Vancouver 100, which is a, a, a free to enter, you know, no metal, no t-shirt club, <laughs> right? No aid stations, no support, nothing. But <laughs> It was an amazing adventure. And and I, I finished it. I finished it well. I you know, I came in sub twenty-four, which was wow. my goal. And um, you know, ran with some friends and ran by myself at night, which is something I wanted to do. I wanted to be mm. by myself in the mountains in the forest at night. And it was a spectacular experience. So that was that was kind of my main adventure in twenty eighteen. What month was that that you do this? It's uh, in June every year. Okay. So let's move on to ticket number four, which is Bighorn. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ran Bighorn? No, but it sounds so big. <laughs> and hard. Oh my God. That was hard. So a big group of us from Vancouver, like 15 of us, went down for this event. It's in Wyoming, Bighorn. And we, we all drove down from Vancouver, like a 17-hour drive. And it's in the middle of the, the, the mountains, middle of the right it's such a wild wild experience and you, you you read about people like ajw that have ran the race multiple times and i i can't imagine going back to bighorn like after after what we went through and <laughs> it'd be easy to say oh it was a bad year but it wasn't a bad year that's been it's like that every june and it's 100 miles and there's a reason why it's a hard rock qualifier which i learned it's you go 50 miles out and then you come back and it's a spectacular course. Nothing bad to say, but it's the best race I've ever done in my life. It's just the views and the people. And, you know, I've never been to Hard Rock or anything, but r- really, you've got to be self-reliant. Mm-hmm. I got really bad at times. But again, it was raining, and then the rain turned to snow, and then we were on ice and post-holing through the snow into freezing water underneath and stuff. And... Uh, a lot of self-reliance in there. Um, and it was a spectacular experience, but that one took me 34 hours. Ooh. Ooh. I think wow. the cutoff was 36-ish, and, and I came in 34-47, I think was my finish time on, on Bighorn. Um, but it was amazing. And I think I learned more from that day and a half about myself and the ultra-athlete I want to become than, like, you know, any other time in my 45 years. Wow. Mentally, what were you thinking? Like, were you thinking when you were doing so many climbs, were you thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> Did you ever think of quitting this thing? I, so yeah, like you know, I mentioned that before, Tom Hill, when I did think about quitting at mile 75, which I had a hotel and there was, I knew there was a warm bed and I, I thought about that at Tunnel Hill. And, and then I learned after Tunnel Hill that you never, you always check out of your hotel the morning of your hunting. <laughs> That's a good tip. That <laughs> is clever. And, and I taught myself this, and it's not just to save $100. It's because you can't have an, an, an escape in your mind, right? And so at Bighorn, n- not once in 34 hours did I ever think about quitting. Nice. Like it, it was hard, and we were climbing ourselves up like walls of mud and like sliding down icy slopes, but I was liking or loving every minute of it. <laughs> Did you stay with your friends the whole time as a group or separate? No, no, we, 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 we separated. It was a big group of varying speeds of people. And so, you know, the fast guys went ahead and we kind of were in the back of the pack and then we split up. And then at night, things got, there's a turnaround aid station called Jaws at like mile 50. And that was chaos because it's up over 8,000 feet. You know, I live at sea level, so I'm feeling the, a little bit of altitude at that point. It's two in the morning or whatever time. It was snowing. We're all covered in mud from the knees down. And 
you know, hungry. And just, we lost everyone at that aid station. Luckily, my wonderful sister-in-law came as well from Atlanta to crew me and get, you know, grilled cheese in me and warm me up. And then you push me out the door back down the mud slope for for the second 50 miles. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was a great experience and never thought about you know quitting the whole time and ended up getting a hard rock lottery ticket out of the Bighorn finish, which was really cool as well. It sounds like that aid station is aptly named Jaws because it swallows you up and <laughs> spits you back out. <laughs> what was the DNF rate within your group? So the finish rate on Bighorn as a whole is pretty low. It, it's over 50 but you know i probably should have looked up the number say it's like a 60 percent finish rate and of the the group of us that went down all of us all everyone but one finished the 100 miler and my my friend that didn't finish went into the race with a concussion oh. and so he, he made it and i was made it to mile 50 with a concussion and then the right decision at that point to go any longer and every single one of us finished the race and got our, our, our states and, and hard rock you know qualified. amazing amazing wow that's incredible <laughs> yeah and it's like that every year apparently it wasn't just that that one year wow who paces you during these uh 100 milers Did, so, is it your uh, wife or no, no no up to this point i've never had a pacer uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll get to the backyard ultra that I did two years ago in, in 2020, which was the first time I had a pacer in, in 100k or 100 mile. But I've never had one up to this point. I always ran Black Canyon by myself. It's it's very, very, like, easy with drop bags and stuff like that. Plus, I kind of like being, you know, by myself. Uh, but, you know, for states, I'm definitely employing a pacer strategy. <laughs> it's kind of a prerequisite if you want to stay friends with your, your ultra friend. You got to pick at least one <laughs> to take to Western. You mentioned, actually, that you were at Western, I think, in 18. Was that to crew for someone or? No, so 20, yeah, so thanks for bringing that up. 2018, my son and I, who's now 14, so he would have been like 10 at the time, went down to states to spectate. That, mm. that was the year that Walmsley Walmsley yes. had at that point. He had had his he had his one blow up and then you know the DNF and he hadn't won. And then Walmsley ran like Sonoma that year and just annihilated the course in May. And after he ran Sonoma, I, I said, I want to go to States because I feel like this is just going to be history in the making. And so my, my 10 year old son was just like, let's go. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we flew down to States to, to spectate the race and got in touch with, with Brian Powell from Iron Far and said, you know, we're happy to, to help and volunteer for your race coverage, which was really cool. So we worked a bit with Iron Far at the race, it, you know, just kind of, you know, cataloging runners as they came in and you know, taking their times down. But we got to really you know, be in Olympic Valley, see the escarpments, go to Robinson Flat, go to Forest Hill. And we watched mm-hmm. flying through Forest Hill and then Francois coming flying through. Oh, yeah. Chasing yeah. Jim. And then we were down at the river at mile 80 when Jim crossed the river. And then at the finish line on the track in Auburn when, when Jim finally finished and broke the forest record. It was such an amazing experience to be there for that. So, I've never ran like a, like a step of the Western States course. Um, I am going to training camp in May, but it's really cool that I was there in 2018 because I got to experience what what, what it's like, at least from like the Palmsley perspective. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Did you ever watch the lottery? Because now you have four tickets at this point. Did you ever watch the lottery every year to see where you are? I had never watched the lottery. So, so I did actually coincidentally, you know, watch it this this past year when my name was actually drawn. But I never watched it. I just would always be, you know, normally doing something, running or skiing or you know, scrambling somewhere, and then would would either check my phone and see that there's no text saying, "Hey, you got to state," or I just do a search on the list afterwards and find out. So I had never watched it in, until this year. Well, that was a good year to choose. Yeah, you you chose a good year. <laughs> yeah. Now you mentioned um, Hard Rock. I, I assume you're pursuing that as well, or was that just coincidental? It, it was coincidental. So, so of 
the people that went down to run Bighorn, probably half of us were keen on, on Western States like me. And, you know, the other half were doing it for the hard rock ticket. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was it. And, and so it's one of those races that you get both out of it. So I didn't do it for the hard rock ticket, but now I have, I, I had. So, you know, last year for, for the 2022 race, I entered in the hard rock lottery and didn't get didn't get chosen. So, you know, the question is, do I continue down the hard rock path now? And I've, I've decided that I am not making that decision until after states. Mm. So mm. There, there's a couple of qualifiers. Like, for example, Gary Robbins has a race in here called called Wham Whistler Alpine Meadows, which mm-hmm. the, it's a hundred miler. And this year it's got hard rock qualifier status oh. and it runs in September. So after states, I'm going to decide if I want to you know, continue to pursue that, or if I just want to hang out, you know, with my kids and go camping all summer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's too bad that Western States is not a hard rock qualifier. It, it is too bad. But what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> well, good good luck to you. <laughs> Thanks. One other time. It's you know, all, all in on States at this point. Right. right. And then your your final time at uh, Black Canyon, was there any different experience in 2020? that you'd like to share or did that was it similar please tell me that was the perfect black canyon race that you had <laughs> let's do it if you're picking up what we're laying down listen up after two years of virtual our rainbow trail run is going live for the first time the trails at earl Rowe provincial park in allison have been a well-kept secret until now we've crafted a scenic 12k loop featuring mostly double-track trail that will show off all of the best views this park has to offer. Join us August 6th and 7th for 1, 2, 4, 8, or 14 loops. We'll leave the math up to you. Registration is now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Now, if Jody and Norm were a celebrity couple, would their name be Jorman or Nody? Anyways... Back to the show. Okay, so the day before, I would have said this. Is it. I think I, I even you know put out on Strava with my final run, like you know forty hours, forty eight hours before. This is it. I'm taking three hours off my hundred k PR. That that was my goal. Like my my hundred k PR was still fifteen fifty two from the, the first time I ran Black Canyon, and I went into that completely convinced race and i thought at the time this is like this is why i'm so happy i have a coach now and we can get to this in a minute because have you ever heard of imposter syndrome where i'm like i'm like i'm ready i if sage wins i'm coming second right like, <laughs> i'm far off of that right and so <laughs> and black canyon which was february of 2020 so literally covid was just starting to hit the fan but mm-hmm. nothing had locked down yet and so i was lucky I got my qualifier in in February, the month before everything shut down. Right. And I, I ran Black Canyon 100K. I went in at the time when I thought was extremely well-trained. I was heat adapted. I had done you know, 12 days straight in the sauna. I didn't sweat anymore. I thought quads were bulletproof and my stomach was bulletproof. And I, I went out. I went out hard and and i don't regret going out like that because never in my ultra running life or iron man or even road running had i gone out with that like that sense of, of drive right like mm. i ran the first 30k in three hours i ran the first 50k and i think under six hours yes. and i was i wasn't regretting it i was like i'm like going sub 13 and i'm flirting with 12 at this point but by about 60k, it started to fall apart. Mm-hmm. The legs were not conditioned to to run a six-hour 50k, right on a, on a net downhill kind of technical rocky course. And my head was in it, and I kind of rally back, right? I'm like, I can rally, I can eat, right? Like grab like four caffeinated goos and just like say I'm gonna rally through this, right? Mm-hmm. And Head was there, and I was getting my, my stomach back on board, but my left and right leg were just saying, uh, "You've you've burnt too many matches." So, so no, Norm, I didn't have perfect. <laughs> I have to go back again. I finished. I did set 100k PR. 
Uh, it was not nowhere near some 13 that I wanted, but I got my lottery ticket number five, <laughs> and the lucky ticket. <laughs> but isn't Black Canyon the second half harder than the first half? It is. <laughs> <laughs> and I always forget that. It's so soul crushing. The final part, it's so hey, hard. You know, as an ultra runner, you don't start racing until the back half. <laughs> I know. Looking at my splits afterwards, and like my first like three kilometers, I split like a five, fifteen minute kilometer pace. I'm like, what am I doing here? This is a harder race. So, <laughs> but you know, all good. I didn't have a coach to tell me not to do dumb things at that time. I was just going to ask you, uh, what did the coach have to say about that? But you just answered the question. So when did you hire the coach? <laughs> <laughs> the next day? I, I, no, no, that would have been the smart thing to do. No, I. <laughs> Coach, the day after my Western States ticket got picked, <laughs> like, holy, I, I did not think I was going to get picked, which is why I say I never watch the lottery. I've, I've got, you know, so many other hobbies. I'm normally out skiing, you know, when's the lottery early December? Like I'm mm. normally out skiing. I was actually with my son up in Whistler. He competes in biathlon and I was up there at the biathlon center and he, he was out, you know, getting ready to ski and shoot with the rifles and I was literally in the car just you know watching bits of the lottery on my phone just literally on Facebook in the parking lot when when my name was dropped and planning on skiing literally 120 days this winter that was the plan and so I was like holy crap I can't believe with 17% chance of getting in I did not expect to get in and so that's when it's like I need to have a plan and I need to have a coach like now. <laughs> so who did you hire? I hired Kat Drew. I know oh. I've Kat's before. Kat's spectacular. She lives in North Vancouver with me. And I wanted my, my two criteria for a coach because there's lots of coaches, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, you know, Ellie Greenwood lives in North Vancouver as well. And she's still like the course record holder on stage. But I, I wanted a coach that was local to my kind of Vancouver area that knows the trail system and can say, run this trail and that, you know, don't run that trail. And yeah. I want folks that has had success at Western States and near the course. And Katz ran the States twice. She yep. uh, top 10 in 2019, I believe, you know, yep. very successful year. And then she ran it last year as well. Mm -hmm. um, and she's fantastic. So literally we started working together December 13th which was, you know, a couple of days after the lottery. And I've been on a very strict 100-mile training plan leading up to States, and things are going really well so far. Can you guys run together? Are you, are you guys living that close or no? We live extremely close, but no, we don't run together. We both have jobs and running schedules and this and that. So. And you are planning on going to the training camp? I am. So I'm really looking forward to that so much. Like, I want to run the canyons yes. before day. And know what I'm getting in for because I can read all the books and watch all the YouTube videos I want, but I want to use that before the race. Yeah, I think I might join you because I did pace a friend, so I know the back half, but I don't know the canyons, so I need to get in there. I may see you there. Who knows? Oh, cool. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah. Now there was something in your bio that neither one of us had heard about before, and we're really curious about, it, especially because it sounds like it's now a a family affair, the, the bagger challenge. Can you, can you describe that to us? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And for those watching a video, you can see a map behind me, which is a map of the North Shore Mountains in Vancouver um, or the greater Vancouver area. And there's just mountains everywhere out here. And so like I came out here as, as a trail runner and then I discovered scrambling and then I discovered obsession, obs obsessive you know, peak bagging which is just getting to the tops of, of mountains. And there's this challenge which has started around you know, 12 years ago out in you know, the greater Vancouver area, which was just a loosely you know, collected group of ultra runners that said, let's see how many of us can, can tag every single summit within this geographic area. And was, you know, depending on the year and the classification, there's somewhere between you know, 75 and 87 summits in the area. Some of which are easy runs or hikes up, and others are like class three scrambles through through you know chimneys and you know, kind of technical shoots that you have to do as well. Wow. And and so I started doing that kind of just you know as a hobby on the side when 
after my races, I would I would keep running, but I would be doing that vertical, and that's like two to you know 2,500 meter vertical days as well when you're yeah. there for 10, 12 hours, kind of you know tagging the summits and then and then coming home. So it, it it's a really cool way to just experience the mountains and just kind of see as much as you can see and then it becomes you know the obsession that everything else becomes that says well there's there's a list and this these are the mountains on the list and let's see if i can get to all of them right and so i think it was in 2019 i finished all of them which meant i got to every every summit within the geographical range of of the challenge and then my son who is now 14 so he would have been like 12 at the time which is crazy ended up finishing in uh, in summer of 2020 so he was the youngest person by like 15 years wow (laughs) nice and and so he climbed with me every single one of these these summits and then my wife who was actually recovering from acl surgery ended up you know doing this last year as as her challenge and coming back from surgery she wanted to get out in the mountains like like we did and literally climb every single one of them so it's a really cool way just to experience the outdoors and you can do it running like I do, or you can do it hiking and you can do it any way that you want. There's no rules on it. How many square kilometers are we talking? 75 summits. Like I'm trying to imagine how many summits are within a, a, an area. Yeah. Like I can look out my window and see a dozen. Okay. You, know, yards. So they're, you they're bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to curse you all the way up to Ski Hill at Western. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What do you do? (laughs) So envious. (laughs) What do you do? Well, that's amazing. Is your son a runner or or would he? He's a skier. He's a he's a. He's an amazing hiker, uh, as is my daughter. My daughter has done this as well. And so she's 11 years old now, and I've taken her some of the technical summits as well, and she loves it. Who's the lucky friend who's going to pace you at Western? Mm. Yeah, so I thought a lot about this because I've, I've never really had pace or the real race before. One of, my, one of my COVID projects was I did a backyard ultra. You know, my one friend, Charles, he paced me for 13 hours during oh. that. A backyard ultra literally came at like 7 p.m. and paced me until all night until 8 a.m. When, when I decided to drop out at 100 miles, and and so yes, to answer your question, I'll have likely have you know two pacers at states, someone from Forest Hill to the river, and then likely someone from from the river to to Auburn. I'd love to have my son uh, run from like Roby Point into the track. Me, I think that would <laughs> hopefully do the rules of it and get maybe a couple of people to run the final mile with me so that would be awesome nice (laughs) well you know there's going to be lots of canadians there and we'll have to connect with crews and so that we can all support each other for sure before the race thank you so much steve before we let you go though we'd like to do some rapid fire questions if you don't mind it's a fun way to end the the chat (laughs) all right uh beer or wine beer During the race? <laughs> uh, Kill Aaron, that's her secret. No, not during. I love <laughs> craft IPA immediately afterwards. Nice, of course. Uh, any tattoos? No, I don't have any tattoos. No. My, my 11-year-old daughter is, loves tattoos, and I'm sure when she's 18, she'll want to get one. So I'll, I'll go with her and get one when she turns 18. Oh, that's that'll be nice. <laughs> Uh, well, since you're in BC, butter tarts or Nanaimo bars? Butter tarts. Oh, with, with raisins? With raisins? Oh, no. Oh. Yes. No. <laughs> i curse you again. <laughs> What's your favorite smell? Oh, boy. Oh, I love the forest. Being in the forest, and I have so many allergies, and so the forest causes me to itch and sneeze and have an itchy back. But just the smell of being out there in February, March, and April when everything is blooming is so great. <laughs> uh, we've just had the Olympics. So what's your favorite winter sport to watch at the Olympics? Biathlon. Both my kids compete in biathlon, and and so like you know I don't I don't watch it on TV much, but I love watching my kids compete, and I used to coach them in it as well. It's a, such a fun sport. Very mm-hmm. cool. What's the last concert you went to? Oh, 
think we went as a family to see Judah and the Lion, probably just before COVID in Vancouver. Okay. So like two and a half years ago, we had tickets to see Imagine Dragons next month, but mm. that was canceled. Then I had tickets to see Rage Against the Machine and Marshmallow, and that, those were canceled as well. Oh, man, I am just dying to go to a concert. <laughs> I miss live music so, so much. Really miss it. Um, if you could travel back in time, what period would you go to and why? Uh, I don't know. I'd go to 2007 and 2010 when my kids were born. Cause that was awesome. <laughs> Your wife will like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> and final question, Norm's favorite, pick a superpower. Oh, the ability to slow down time. Is that a superpower? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Be. Absolutely. It would be. Slow down time. All right. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Looking yeah, forward to We really enjoyed your journey. <laughs> now I know not to go to Bighorn. Thank you. <laughs> you should still go. It's an <laughs> it does look beautiful. <laughs> awesome. All, All right, right, then. Thanks, Steve. Nice to meet you. Nice right. to meet you, too. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. 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 There you have Steve Day. <laughs> Basically, can look out his window and see 12 peaks. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky son of a gun. <laughs> oh, boy. What do you do? I love talking to former triathletes, too. It's yeah. always so interesting. Ah, his Iron Man was one and done. One and done. And then he uh, found some trails <laughs> nearby and said, hey, this is it for me. But I liked how uh, I got my questions answered about uh, Black Canyon. Mm -hmm. He... Uh, Oh, his first one was the best one, I guess. <laughs> and he's still got some, uh, He's he's got a bone to pick, so he'll be back, I think. Yes. Don't you? Well, now that he has a cat drew as a coach. Yeah. She can uh, tell him, this is what you're supposed to do, see? <laughs> this is what you're supposed to do, see? <laughs> and I can't wait to meet him, uh, hopefully, at the Western States training camp mm -hmm. and on race day. Absolutely. Hmm. And that was Steve Day. Until next time, stay tuned. Cheers. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Please visit us at gotarunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotarunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice... Check me out at tylerherchuk.ca, T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K. Gotta run!